Hi. Hi. We back. Okay, so I was talking to my friend the other day about confidence and humility and kind of everything surrounding those two subjects. And I've been thinking about how we were raised with humility as this really extreme version of humility. I don't think you can even actually call it humility. We were raised not even to take credit for anything that we've done, really. Yeah. To be so small and subtle and honestly to minimize our accomplishments and just minimize ourselves in ways. And I just have been thinking about how that concept has played such a huge role in how I view confidence and then how confidence connects to arrogance. And it's just so interesting to go down that path of my perspective on humility and confidence and just to think about where it started for me. I feel like the message was be big, but shut up about it. And if someone says something about it and they recognize it, you be very thankful that they recognized it, but don't even be too big in your response. But not even thankful though, because don't you feel like what we always saw was no, no way. And like a redirect of the energy, if anything, there's never absorbing of praise. Mm -hmm. Even saying thank you to a compliment at this point in my life is hard. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think there are certain things that I still deflect. I recognize that about myself that I really couldn't take a compliment from anybody. But then on the same note, for a long time, I was sustaining life off the compliments of others. Yes. And so this, oh, this is exactly what we were talking about. So he said, well, now I'm able to speak about myself with confidence Mm -hmm. because I didn't for the longest time and I would hear other people compliment me and then I would only be motivated to move forward based off of that feedback. Like Mm -hmm. that was my motivating factor. But now I don't need that feedback because I know myself and I feel inner confidence. And so now my inner confidence has become my motivating factor. And so I speak it out loud to continue to motivate myself in this way, which was so interesting to me because I was like, well, my internal space also motivates me, but I don't speak it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I guess we're just different in that way. Like not everyone's going to be the same, but I don't feel like I've ever been that motivated by other people's compliments. Mm. For a large portion of my life, unfortunately, my driving factor was perfectionism and wanting to perform to a certain standard of my own approval of myself And maybe of some other people's approval, but really it was always such an internal kind of shame-based drive towards perfectionism, which I feel so sad about. And I am actively working to heal. And there's probably, I know there's so much to talk about in that realm for me. And now my internal drive, I find, is mostly passion. Obviously, sometimes it's just discipline. But right now, my internal drive is really passion. But I want to figure out, you know, where confidence fits into all of that and potentially learn how to speak it out loud in a way that I feel comfortable with that is reaffirming myself to myself because I have to be my own biggest fan and I have to be able to or I want to be able to acknowledge my wins and really embody that feeling of confidence and joy and purpose. And it just feels really important for my life path. 
When you live in your head the way that I lived in my head for a large portion of the beginning of my life into my teens and early, I feel like 20 was kind of my turning point, but was where I kind of started my, my soul's journey. But when you're living in that place and you have such negative feedback loops about yourself with yourself, you know, you're feasting on what other people think about you and what other people are saying about you. But the crazy thing is, is that it's quite literally just a hit of dopamine and it goes away because you're not, if you don't embody those things that someone is saying about you, and if definitely if you don't believe them, that compliment leaves you in seven to 10 minutes and you're, you're left where you found yourself, which is with low self-esteem and, you know, looking at yourself in a negative light. It's not a cycle I wish on anybody, you know, to Mm-mm. be seeking from the outside your worth. And it's it's funny that we're talking about this, actually, because when I was looking through my notes, Carly and I have like running notes on our phones of things that we love to talk about or that we want to talk about, you know, constantly writing things that are coming up for us so that we can potentially kind of chop them up and talk to you guys about them. And I was reading my notes and I saw, you know, we were having a conversation a couple weeks ago, one of our FaceTime conversations. And we were talking about faith and spirituality and how my experience with spirituality along the way was, or religion, I guess, is we were raised in a very religious family. And I think that in ways it turned, I'll just speak for myself, it turned me on to spirituality and to religion. And in other ways, it honestly turned me really off to it. But it introduced you to the concept, yeah. but it didn't necessarily align the way that it was being delivered to you at the time. Yeah. And it, it felt a bit forced on me. And I think my parents recognize that now. And I think that they, now when they speak about it, they recognize that it was forced on us for a long time. And so they try to share their wisdom without, you know, and then also add a little subtext of like, I swear I'm not forcing it on you. You know, I remember when Ryan was in prison in the middle of his prison sentence And he ended up having a spiritual awakening of his own that was really powerful. And when you're watching someone suffer through unfathomable circumstances, not only external circumstances, but internal circumstances, Mm -hmm. and they're moving through that with a belief that there's a God that loves them and that their life matters— it's really hard to look away from that and to deny that truth for me, at least. That's Mm -hmm. been my experience. And so when I see in real time someone who has every reason to believe that there isn't somebody out there that loves them and that's protecting them and that's moving them through life and that's making purpose and reason of their life, but they still choose to really dive deep, it's hard to not take that seriously and really embrace that. And so I was back to what I was just about to say, when it comes to inner confidence, it's been something that through my eating disorder and through all these different things, I've had to figure out where that baseline is of like where it stems from inside of me and where I want it to stem from. Where do I want to build this confidence off of, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wrote in my notes that when you believe in God, you kind of just decide that good, bad, or indifferent you are created exactly how you're supposed to be. And so how can you or how can I? And I'm sounding like a freaking preacher right now. I'm really (laughs) sounding like a preacher right now. But it's funny that we're having this conversation because I just read this in my notes of figuring out where I want my baseline of confidence to come from Mm -hmm. and realizing, and I don't always commit to that. This week, I had a particularly really tough mental week with myself and with my confidence and with feeling like I was able to lean in and have faith in my life and myself and my future. You know what I mean? 
So it's going to waver. But just realizing that even my shadow self, even the parts of myself that I'm dying to welcome in with love and acceptance, but that I honestly just want to go the fuck away, you know, even those things, those were created in his image and likeness inside of me. You know what I mean? And so that's all to say that if that resonates with you, I'm certainly no, I don't go to church or anything like that. Maybe I will in the future. I have no idea and no plans, but on that kind of note of confidence, that's been something that I've been thinking about. I love the idea of building confidence off of that because that's something that's unshakable, you know? Yeah. Something I have to speak on about self-confidence is about the thought of confidence being about not voicing your insecurities. <laughs> I don't how do I explain this? So there are certain things that I feel like if I were to voice, it would give too much of a lens into my insecurities and that would paint my whole character for someone. 100%. You know, so it's like oh you can't yes. see this little thing. And it's not just about like something about my appearance or something, you know, it's not just like, oh, I don't, you know, love my elbow or whatever it is that I I said that because I didn't want to say a real insecurity. Because it would, because it would give everyone, because it would give everyone an in on. Okay, my freckles. We'll say that. I'm not obsessed with, I know, I know it's fine. We'll leave it for now. We might circle back, but okay. If I were to say, I don't love my freckles, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean more about self-worth narratives that are spawned from such an early point in life or just from such a largely impactful event on your psyche and on your Mm -hmm. perception of yourself and of how the world works that yeah some of those things when they come up it's so scary because not sharing it means never being seen fully but sharing it when you really feel like this will be detrimental to my safety in this situation, meaning the foundation of my relationship that I'm building with someone or their that person's perception of me will be strongly impacted if I were to share this or something. And it's crazy because if anyone were to share some of these thoughts with me that I have, like if anyone had the thoughts that I have and shared them with me, mm-hmm. I would be like, that's not even a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but to me they're so representative of my weak points, you know? Yes. I try relate on a spiritual level. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I totally understand what you're talking about. It's kind of like a window into, actually, I was going to say a window into your soul, but it's definitely not a window into your soul at all. It's a window into your your shadow points. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's just your shadow points that you, just like I was talking about earlier, that you rebuke. Yeah. But some of these things, I rebuke you, Shadow. Like I truly, (laughs) Shadow, Shadow, (laughs) fuck you. I mean, I, Carly, we just had this experience this week. Yeah, with each other. With each other. Yeah. So I had a mental breakdown at the beginning of this week. (laughs) (laughs) For the first 72 hours of this week, I had a mental breakdown. Mm. Um, And it was, it's based on a lot of things. I have... Oh, I don't know if I want to share my reoccurring fear. Do I do I jump out on a ledge and share my reoccurring fear? You can share it and we can always decide not to share if you're extremely uncomfortable. Okay. This is your safe space. Yes, this is my safe space. So I have this reoccurring fear that's, I can't even explain to you how real it feels, but when I say it out loud, how silly it sounds, but I, it's, it's the deepest thing inside of me, Aww. which is that life is going to leave me behind and that I'm going to get left behind. 
and that I'm going to be like kicking and screaming like everyone, wait, 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 nothing's happening for me and everything's happening for you. And I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. And sometimes I'm not even able to talk about this fear without just crying, crying, crying. And it's not even that I'm having an emotional day about it. Sometimes it just invokes just so many tears. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this in therapy almost every week, honestly, in some sort of way. And I'll have occasional things that will spur the fear in a bigger way that will kind of create more of an event around that fear. And I've been able to recognize- what? Like life circumstances changing for my close people around me and my brain thinking, well, their life circumstances are changing or getting better and nothing's happening for you in this moment. So your fear is coming alive right now. Mm -hmm. You think they're not going to carry you along with them wherever they're going. Exactly. Or that your dynamic with your loved ones will change whenever their life circumstances changes. Yes. In a way that's not favorable to you. Yeah. And I think there's also a dual prong situation going on too, where not only am I afraid that people are going to leave me behind, but I'm kind of afraid that that life is going to leave me behind because I have a lot of desires to expand right now. And life doesn't always happen on your timing. You know, like if we don't want to talk about nature, there are seasons to all this shit. And when you plant the seeds isn't when the the harvest comes to fruition. And so there are certain things that I want right now for my life that aren't happening in this moment for me. And there's a whole conversation around, you know, the self-shame that comes into that where I tell myself, well, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you this? And I kind of waver back and forth between realizing that life is happening around me and that there are a lot of things that are out of my control. You know, the things that are in my control are in my control. Yeah. The things that are out of my control are very much so out of my control. But yeah, this fear, this intense fear that just takes over me at times. Well, there was this interesting moment that we had this week that I've actually been thinking about a lot since we had it referencing the same conversation you're referencing that we Mm -hmm. had where you were opening up to me about some of your fears, but you really didn't want to open up to me about them. Mm -hmm. Casey has this, I hope that it's okay that I share this, but Casey has this thing that she does where she's like, I just want to figure it out by myself. I don't want to, I don't want anybody else to even know about, I don't know. I don't even necessarily know where it's coming from, but you're like, I just don't want to need anybody else. I want to just figure it out by myself. And when we were having this conversation, I was like, you can tell me anything. You know, like you can tell me anything. I'm not thinking any differently about you at all. I'm not judging you. I'm also not concerned or going into a panic over this. You know, like Mm -hmm. you can just talk about it. And you were like, I know that you're not thinking differently about me or going, going into a panic, but I'm embarrassed. Like I feel embarrassed to share this with you. And you were like, I just need to not feel embarrassed. I just need to not feel this way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, you need to feel that way because you feel that way, but you need to just know that you're accepted for feeling that way. Feeling that way is not some sort of defining moment for your character or something. You know, this isn't like a character flaw that you feel embarrassed or that you don't need to just get over anything. I have tears coming to my eyes right now. Let the Mm. record reflect. (laughs) These conversations invoke so much emotion in me. They really do. It's Mm. it's deep shit, but it's good. No, and... I think all of us are constantly shaming ourselves out of feeling our feelings. And we're like, I shouldn't feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. It doesn't feel good to feel this way. How do I stop feeling this way? How do I not feel this way so that somebody else doesn't have to feel burdened about 
my emotional reactions that are going on right now. And if you don't have anyone in your life who you feel really safe with to accept you for those feelings, I think we have to start practicing accepting ourselves for those feelings and those deep, dark things that we think are deep and dark, that they feel deep and dark to us. And so they're really influential over how we exist in the world, how we relate to other people, how we pursue various things in our life, you know, the amount of confidence we have, how we stand up for ourselves, just everything. And yeah, we've got to start accepting ourselves for those feelings at the very least. You know, I think something that Casey and I talk about a lot is that we find our friendship and our sisterhood and our relationship dynamic to be something that we're constantly building and constantly creating what we want it to be. And we're learning how to do that. It's not like we know how to do it, but we know how we want to feel Mm -hmm. in every relationship in our lives, you know, and with each other, we trust each other to try to keep creating a relationship that makes both of us feel like really great and respected and safe. And I think that practicing with each other how to show up for somebody else and accept them for who they are is like such a healing thing. And so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just say if you have anybody in your life that you feel like you could use your relationship as a playground to create something that you want, but that you maybe have never seen before, you know, like Mm -hmm. a relationship dynamic that is really fulfilling that you do trust deeply to your core, you know, to have hard conversations and to overcome things with and to know that even when stuff feels really bad, you believe that that person is still going to show up the next day, you know, that type of trust. I think that it's really important and we should also be building that type of trust with ourselves. Yeah. I have really big dreams of being able to hold the emotional load on my own. I want to be able to be that person so bad, but that person doesn't exist. Like we, we can't do it on our own. We really can't. And I just trust me, you guys, I have, I have put in that work to try. I want to be that person that doesn't need anyone so bad. And that's, I'm outing myself heavy on that and being very vulnerable and telling you that, but it doesn't exist. And not only does it not exist, because it, it can exist. If you want it to exist, it can exist, but you're going to live a very isolated life. I don't think it can exist. Yeah, I don't think it can exist either. I don't think it can exist either. And I can tell you this, you know, I had a series of conversations this week to get myself out of feeling in this kind of fear state that I found myself in with Carly and with Brenda, my therapist, and mainly with Carly, honestly, because we're just constantly talking about things. Mm -hmm. And I felt better after every conversation and every conversation more came out Yeah, till I feel like we had a very long conversation, you know, want to talk about like embarrassing feelings and things like that. They just kind of kept flowing out of just the honesty. Mm -hmm. And like she backed off for like a day or two there where she was just like, you do what you need to do and like feel your feelings. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to sit with you if you want me to sit with you. You know what I mean? Which is very hard for someone with a savior complex because I'm constantly wanting to fix everybody around me who feels broken and anything that I can pause. I'm like, just give me the pieces. I'll glue you back together. I'll do whatever. I'll lay my shit out for you. I'll do whatever I need to do. And well, do you I wanna- am learning how to let people go through their own process and me trust that they are capable of going through their own process. 
Well, I'm actually going to say something to you right now on the mic that I would have probably said off the record, but since we're having this conversation, you said something to me on maybe Thursday morning when we had this really long conversation and you kind of alluded to it a couple times during the week. Oh my God, I'm literally going to cry again. It's crazy. You said it a couple times during the week of being, you know, along the lines of, I want to give you advice on how I've gotten out of these certain things, but I really want you to have your own experience, you yeah. know? And the first time you said it to me, maybe like the night that I kind of just broke down, I was a little bit in my mind frustrated of being like, I need to figure out how to not feel this way, you know? But it wasn't frustrated at you. I was just feeling like I wanted advice, tangible advice. Oh, did of like, you? No. Well, so it was a dual thing of... So I felt that way, but then part of the feelings inside of me right now are shining a light on the importance of me. I've really got to put the blinders on right now to what anyone else is doing and really focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And that even goes for having three older sisters and a brother that all are a wealth of knowledge, have gone through so much in their individual lives. We've all been through so much together, mm -hmm. you know? It's really easy for me as the baby to fall into a trap of just um, adopting your guys' methods yeah. and applying them. Yeah. I'm a wholly individual person with my own needs that some of them I don't even know yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching Carly at all times. We're so close in proximity yeah. at all times that it's really easy for me to just adopt anything that she's doing to apply to my life. But when you said that, it was additional reinforcement in my mind of being like, this is your journey. You yeah. have to figure this out for yourself right now. This isn't something that anyone's going to come save you from, but also too, as you figure it out, it's going to be wholly your journey to own. Yeah. And these are going to be your methods to use and this, that, or the other. And so you kept saying it and I kept building gratitude for you saying that to me in the week of not offering me any advice, but rather just saying, the last person I'm worried about is you, but this is going to have to be a solo journey. Well, I didn't, I want to reiterate what I meant to, because I wasn't trying to say, I'm, I'm not giving you any advice because I want you to figure it out by yourself. I more meant, there's a thing that a lot of people do where they can't see someone they love suffer at all. And so it's like, I'm just going to try and fix you here and now and do this, do that. And that can be overwhelming because we are different people, yeah. you know, and I don't want you to feel ever like I think you should live life the same way that I do. I think that you should live life the way that feels authentic to you. And also, I genuinely don't know if my methods would work for you. You know, I think they could. And if you asked me, what did you do to get out of this? Of course, I would be like, this is everything I did. And, you know, I'd love to help in any way possible. But yeah, I do have a lot of belief in you. You know, when I see you suffer, especially at this point in life, I feel I've seen you work through really, really hard life circumstances to the point where I know what you're capable of. I know you're capable of withstanding hard things and of finding your groundedness. And despite some of the things that I've heard you say while you've been in low times recently, I see you having a really strong relationship with yourself and with your inner guidance and with your intuition. And I don't believe that that has run away from you or forsaken you. I think sometimes we do have 
phases of life where we have to hurry up and wait for certain clarity and information to Mm -hmm. come to us that's really helpful. And those moments are just so frustrating and painful because we want out. We want out of this discomfort and we want out as quickly as humanly possible. And that is the thing that I feel for you on right now because I don't want to have to watch you wait for your answers, you know, Mm -hmm. because I know how overwhelmingly exhausting and frustrating that experiences in life. And I can relate to so many of the things that you've told me that you were feeling this week. But when it comes to me giving you advice, I think I don't also want to disrespect you by trying to control how you work through your experience. Yeah. And I wouldn't have taken it as control, but there was something I feel like you knew because it wasn't really like you to do that. You like you were a little I'm different. Ra- I'm practicing. You were a little different this week, even like a good way. But it was you kind of pulled out a couple things where I was like, "That's not like her," you know. It, it's not that you don't give unsolicited advice in in like an annoying way or anything like that. But being my older sister and so close to me and wanting goodness for me, naturally, you've always offered your opinions on you know, what you've done or how, what, what's helped you or this, that, or the other. And this week I was like, that's so weird that she's not, but it's so timely because part of this experience that I'm having right now is this recognition of desiring to put on my blinders and really focus on myself in certain ways and invest my energy and time into my life in a meaningful way. So it was very timely, your response to my emotions in that way. But you were obviously super supportive as you always are. But yeah, it's... I think another reason why I did that is because you had hesitated to even come to me about this in the first place. And so I didn't want to force my way into your experience and then also try to beat you over the head with my thoughts about I got, it. I got caught crying in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I got caught. and I was not trying to let anyone know what was going on. But yeah, so walking in on you crying. Yeah. Part of I feel like what this conversation also is, is I think it's pretty clear how close Carly and I are mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. But even with that, there are so many things like you're talking about, you know, things that would kind of out you to someone and potentially show a weakness of yours that would, in your mind, change their perception, change their of, perception you. of you, yeah. you know? I even had that this week with you, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. In in the relationship where we talk about, I would assume like 90% of things that are going on in our minds. There's always those things as humans that you don't share and shit like that. But like yeah. the conversation that I was having this week about my fear of life passing me by and of circumstances around me changing and of my circumstances not changing, even with our close dynamic and relationship, there are those things for me that I really didn't want to tell her. And I'm, I was honestly, it was a blessing that she happened to want to come over into my room for her to say something to me. And she caught me crying and blah, 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 blah. You know, that was all clearly supposed to happen because it did happen. But like she would have never known that I was crying and mm-hmm. she would have never, I would have never told her why I was crying or this, Which that, makes or the me other. so sad because I've been crying to you so much lately and all you do is just listen to me. And then I was like, have you been doing this every night? And you were like, yes. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? I've been crying like crazy. How did you not tell me that? Uh, just, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I have this deep, deep desire to just handle my shit, but it's not real. It's not real. And I don't have, again, I don't have the desire because it feels so much better for me to. I'm just, 
I just am just pulling this shit out of myself right now, you guys. I'm pulling it out of myself. I'm in a new, this new phase where I'm doing the opposite of what I want to do in the best possible way. When I want to shut down, I'm just forcing myself to open up. (laughs) I'm kind of doing the exact same thing right now, too. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that something, it's not even just that we fear that someone's perception of us will change by you know, revealing some of these core insecurities and core wounds. I think the fear is that someone will weaponize it against us in a way. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not just that they'll think differently, but that they will treat you differently as a response to that in knowing that, you know, maybe in hard moments, they'll start to use it as a weapon against you, meaning, you know, you need to fix this. You need to do X, Y, and Z or something. Okay, Cub. Cub wants to snuggle. Cub wants to say something. Oh my god, she just came to give me a lick in the middle. Obsessed. Oh, I love I'm you so much. Obsessed with my little I love baby. You. I love you. It's my baby. I wish we had a video camera so you could see how cute she was. Oh, I love her. I love my baby. But I'm definitely learning that. Actually, you know what? I don't think this is a lesson that I've fully learned yet. There you go. I don't think I've fully learned how to approach some of the deep dark things with people and lay myself bare in a way that I put full trust in them. I think where I'm at right now is learning how to have hard conversations while it still feels hard in my body, not necessarily at the exact moment that I'm triggered because I am still working on regulating my emotions and I don't feel capable all the time of processing exactly what's going on while I'm feeling such heightened extreme emotions. You know, my brain functioning is just not operating at that level sometimes when I'm, when my feelings are huge. And so I do still feel like I need some time to decompress so that I can have a respectful, honest conversation that's coming from a grounded place of me understanding me and representing myself in a way that I feel proud of, you know? Mm. And also respecting the other person involved. But I am actively practicing having that hard conversation that I would honestly rather not have because unless it's something that's like a massive problem between yourself and someone else, it's really easy to just be like, "Eh, we'll just let that one slide, you know, move on. But for me, that shit really builds up and turns into something it comes out at weird times and it does become something that's weaponized in moments where one or both people are feeling fearful and I just do not need to be introducing that energy into my relationship dynamics anymore because that is within my control you know I can find the maturity within me to address uncomfortable feelings that I'm having between myself and someone else or regarding certain experiences that we shared together and approach that conversation with respect, but also with honesty about this is how that made me feel, you know, like how Mm. do we shift the way that we relate to each other, understand each other so that we don't have to have Groundhog's Day and keep having the same issue over and over so that, you know, if we argue again or when we argue again, it can be about something different, not like this same thing that continues to kind of pop up. And so I'm getting better about trying to approach those things early. But when it comes to my, what feel to me, deep, dark, emotional secrets that I hold about myself, it's still really hard for me to unveil those things. 
I'm just learning how and when to do it. Same. Same. Always. Maybe I'll have an update at some point, even in the near future, where I've found my solution for how to do this. But for now, I'm still a work in progress. And you know what? My fear, she doesn't come around as much anymore. So I know that I'm moving in the right direction, you know? Mm-hmm. There was a while in there where it was like every day I felt just this paralyzing fear that life was passing me by. And now it'll come and sh- that bitch paralyzes me for sure. <laughs> she just doesn't do it every day now. <laughs> She'll pop up a couple times a week and kind of, you know, have my shit kind of frozen for a couple hours. And then occasionally I'll really have kind of a mental downturn. But it's getting better. And life is expanding and getting better. And, you know, that's all I can all I can really ask for. So I'm just trying to trying to keep myself connected to reality and the abundance of reality as much as I possibly can. Cause I say this to Carly and to my friends that I talk to about this, but there isn't any evidence that my fear will come true. You know, if I look at the evidence of my life and the data of my life, it's kind of the opposite in the most fortunate way. You know, things have been despite really hard at times, really favorable for me and abundant. And I've always found my way, you know, and my back's up against the wall, whether my back is actually up against the wall or whether it just feels that way, you know, and I've continued to expand and my life has continued to expand and there isn't anything supporting that narrative that I've told myself in this fear state. So I feel like it's just a good practice for me to step back and look at all the abundance and look at how things are growing and changing and shifting and moving for me, you know, and I kind of want to say, too, because for some people, their deepest fears are things that are confirmed to them over and over again. I know. I thought about that this week, actually. And oftentimes, I think we put ourselves in a position for our fears to be reconfirmed for us. And, you know, that has everything to do with our self-worth and how we respect ourselves and how we expect other people to respect us and what we believe is possible for us to have in our lives, whether it be resources, whether it be relationships. And so I do think that a lot of people experience their fears being reconfirmed for them over and over again. And that's why the fear gets so strong because we believe we have so much evidence for why it should exist and why it's real, you know? And Mm -hmm. for that, I would just say, here I am offering unsolicited advice when we're like, I haven't been offering unsolicited (laughs) advice all week, but hit him. I feel that it's really helpful to examine what decisions you've been making in your life, who you've been choosing to surround yourself with, your behavior. And because I always talk about it in relation to dating, but that's not the only scenario. I just feel like it comes out so much in that scenario. I, I know what you're saying though. What you're trying to say is if things, and listen, the reason why I have this fear is because I have a fear of abandonment. Yeah. Happened you know, at different points in different ways. And I process certain things as abandonment and so on and so forth as a child. And we'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. What you're trying to say, though, is that you have to kind of lay everything out on the table Mm -hmm. and see what in my life is going to reconfirm. Because I have to say a couple years ago, there probably would be a couple things on the table that would reconfirm that fear happening. Yeah. Flighty people shaky circumstances, like all these different things, you know, shaky relationships, relationships that didn't fit, so on and so forth. But once you identify those things, because when you do look at what's on the table and if there are things that feed into your life and play into that fear coming to fruition, you 
kind of can expect for that energy to be there, you know? But if you start to take the initiative in your life to clear those people, those relationships, those dynamics, those, the job, the whatever it is, you know, after like closely examining kind of what on the table is going to reconfirm those fears and Mm -hmm. help them play out. Yeah. You know? And also just keep you from getting what you actually want. When you imagine in your life what you want, how you want to feel, Mm -hmm. how you want someone to treat you, how you want to be fulfilled. And then you look at the actual decisions you're making in your life. Who am I surrounding myself with? How do they behave? What career choices am I making? How does it make me feel? Mm -hmm. If how you're actually behaving and the decisions you're actually making don't align with what you want your life to be like, you're guaranteeing that you're never going to get the life you want. 100%. And so you are reconfirming your fears all the time of the things that you don't want to keep coming to fruition, coming to fruition mm-hmm. because you're putting yourself in a position where that's really the only outcome possible. 100%. But if you're able to examine the decisions you're making, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, the positions you're putting yourself in, And start to look ahead a few steps and ask yourself, where is this likely going to get me? And is it likely going to get me to a place that I've already been before or to a place that I just don't want to be in general? Mm -hmm. Having that awareness is so valuable to moving forward. It's not easy to start making different decisions, to shed people, to trust your instincts, to believe that a future that looks different from what you've always known could come true. Like we have so many limiting beliefs in our minds about what life can look like and Mm -hmm. about how much abundance we can really have. But you can't know until you put yourself in a position to receive it, whether you can receive it or not, or whether you will receive it or not, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I, I guess I just wanted to address that because I'm so glad that your most recent life experience hasn't been reconfirming that fear. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a product of you making different decisions and confronting things in your life that were keeping you stuck for a long time. And you might still be feeling like you're in a phase where your external environment is not fully matching, is not fully aligning with where you feel you've come to in your internal environment. And so that lack of consistency is confusing and scary and it makes you feel like, well, maybe nothing will ever show up no matter how much hard work I put in. And that's really, really scary. But at the same time, you don't want to give up the day before the gift arrives. 100%. And I think that that is also really common where we work really hard and we're like, I'm doing, why am I even doing all of this? You know, I'm not really reaping the rewards. One, I would say there are rewards that are not just external validation. You know, there are internal rewards. Like, do I like myself better now? Mm -hmm. Do I respect myself more now? How does my heart feel if I were to think about how I am representing myself in this world? Do I believe in that person? Mm -hmm. You know, those are huge rewards that... I think we kind of take for granted how much they actually affect our lives and our experience. But there is a peace and a calm that comes with seeing your life internally and externally align and feeling like the effort that you're putting into yourself is coming back to you as physical manifestations of the desires of our hearts, you know? And so I think just keep on the path. I don't think we're meant to know everything. So unfortunately, we're not going to have answers for every single 
thing that we're not getting that we want. And that's really frustrating. But overall, don't give up the day before the present arrives, you know, Um, keep at it. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm, I'm right there. I hear you loud and clear. I'm not going to. It's my plan. My plan is to not give up the day before the gift arrives. Yay. <laughs> it's arriving tomorrow. Don't oh! give up. Okay. Well, I love you. We love you guys. This was just a very fluid couch talk. And hopefully Quick it made any talk sense. on self-confidence. We, uh, we started with Bible thumping. <laughs> yes. We were <laughs> in we there. And we ended with mm, you knowing my fears. Woo. And also a little bit of self-empowerment. There's Absolutely. faith and then there's empowerment. And I think that those two work beautifully together hand in hand. For sure. I agree. Okay. Okay. Well, love you. Love you more. Thank you for listening to us. If you're listening, I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.